pray. Don't take it lightly. You know how important it is for us as a group to pray together. We're going to have at least two more lessons, if you will, or messages on the, on the subject of Gideon. And then we'll move on to the next judge there. But I have thoroughly enjoyed studying the life of Gideon. And tonight we're going to study about the, the seeking of the enemy or the pursuing of the enemy, however you would like to say it there. But um, Judges chapter 8, Judges chapter 8, and we talked about what took place after what happened. They, 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 they got the two, uh, Zeba and Zalmanah, and uh, <clears throat> they brought it back to the people. And, uh, and, and then they, oh, what do you call it? Uh, gave them their, their punishment for not taking care of God's people. And so now tonight, we're going to look at what took place during that time. What did, what did Gideon do? Gideon sought after these people. And I, I just, I man, I was reading this and kind of studying it out, and the Lord really spoke to me a couple of different things here. And so I just want to share with you tonight. We're going to read, uh, let's read our verses together, and then we'll jump into our, our, our scripture, our our message today. Uh, verse number 10, and we'll read verse number through verse number 12. Now, all the verses are not going to be on there, so you, um, if you do want to follow along, you'll need your Bible there. Uh, Judges chapter 8 and verse number 10. Bible says, Now Zeba and Zalmanah uh, were in Kekor, and their hosts were with them, about 15,000 men. All that were left of all the hosts of the children of the east, for there fell... A hundred and twenty thousand men that drew sword. And Gideon went up by the way of them that dwelled in the tents of the east of Nobi, and a name I can't pronounce, and smote the host, for the host was secure. And when Zeba and Zalmanah fled, he pursued after them and took the two kings of Midian, Zeba and Zalmanah, and discomforted all the host. And this, uh, verse number 13, 14, 15, uh, 16, and 17 were verses that we read and discussed last week. Uh, let's jump to verse number 18. And, uh, and then said he unto Zeba and Zalmanah, what manner of man uh, were they whom ye slew at Tabor? And they answered, as thou, hast, as thou art, so were they. Each one reassembled, resembled the children of a king. And he said, uh, they were my brethren, even the sons of my mother, as the Lord liveth. Even if ye have saved them alive, I would not slay you. And he said unto Jether, his firstborn uh, up and slay them, but the youth drew not his sword, for he feared, because he was yet a youth. In verse 21, Then Zeba and Zalmanah said, Rise thou and fall upon us, for as the man is, so is his strength. And Gideon arose and slew Zeba and Zalmanah, and took away the ornaments that were on their camel's neck. Verse 28. Thus was Midian subdued before the children of Israel, so that they lifted up their heads no more, and the children in the country was in quietness forty years in the days of Gideon. 
Now, what I want to look at first is the constant, number one, the constant seeking of Gideon. Now, you think about all the things that took place for Gideon to be able to continue to seek. Look in verse number 10, the Bible says that there were about 15,000 men uh, with the Midian army. How many did Gideon have? He had but 300 men. So, Brother Blackie, I don't know, in my mind, I I can't imagine uh, pursuing an enemy. You are outnumbered. You're outnumbered. I don't know what the number is, 1 to 50. I don't know, something to, I mean, 1 to 100. Uh, It's a lot, right? So you're outnumbered, but you're still pursuing them. And you're still going after them. And you're still hot after them. And don't quit. Not only do you see that they had 15,000 men and Gideon still only had 300, but God wasn't done. Yeah, he was, and Gideon wasn't done. He kept pursuing them. 15,000. And they had 300. So what, that's 50, isn't it? <laughs> Calculator. 50. So one to every 50 man, so you have an Israelite, one, and you have 50 Midianites ready to fight. Man, that's tough. That, man, no, no, no. I mean, you think about, I, no way, I, I mean, it, much less going into a fight one to four, one to two, I, I sure wouldn't want to get in a fight between one and 50. But Gideon never stopped. The constant seeking, I, I think that it shows his character. It shows his stick-to-itiveness, his steadfastness, his, his, um, his non-stop man. What, did, what was he wanting to do? He, ultimately, he wanted to please God, but he never Being stopped obedient. pursuing. Sir? Being obedient. Being obedient. Being obedient. We, in verse number four, the Bible says he was faint yet pursuing, and that was before he went all night. He, he didn't get food. He didn't get substance. He didn't get provisions, and he still went all night long, All night long, he pursued after them. All night long, he pursued after those 15,000 men to capture the kings. But if you see there, the text that we read, one of the reasons why he wanted to go get them was because that they had killed his brothers in verses 18 18 through 21. But it's, it's this that know this, is that yet without strength, yet... He was faint, yet he was pursuing. His strength was gone, yet he continued. From what, what I understand or, or the study that I've done, it was about 25 miles. Roughly 25 miles on foot. 25 miles on an empty stomach. 25 miles without food and substance and water. and Wow. Would you say that by the time he got to them, that he was depleted physically, emotionally, spiritually. I mean, he didn't have nothing left in the tank. What happens if your car runs out of gas? I've I've been there. I've ran out of gas. Way too many times. When your car is without gas, it's going to die because that's what gives it the helps fuel the engine. What about you? What gives you the fuel? What gives your body the fuel? Food and water. Physically, 
You ever get tired? What happens when you get tired? You're finished. <laughs> I'm done. You ever been there? Physically? First thing you do, you slow down. You got to slow down. Yeah. Wow. But he did. He didn't. He didn't stop. He did not stop until he got to those two kings. Then I think about, and I know it is a physical, a physical um, faint yet pursuing. But I want you to ask yourself this question. You ever been spiritually tired? Sure. Have you? Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know, physical, uh, physical tired is no different than a spiritual tired because you still need that rest. I believe this, that what happens to some pastors is pastors go, and I think it happens to church members too, but one thing I've seen with pastors is they go, 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 and they never take time off. And they think that it's a wicked, evil thing to take time off, but they need a physical uh, and a spiritual reprieve from everything, from life. Sometimes you need to unplug and and be uh, just... Just unplugged. And as a Christian, you're not a pastor. That happens to Christians. Right. You watch. I've seen people, they get on fire for God and they're in church. And, and all of a sudden they go, 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 go. And all of a sudden they disappear. You know what happened to them? They got spiritually uh, exhausted and they never took time out to unplug and, and get connected with the Lord. Right. I was there. Oh, yeah. I've been there. But you have to be able to admit that you're there. Because if you don't admit that you're there, you won't get help. You won't rest. If you're sick, what is the best thing for your body? Rest. If you're spiritually exhausted, what do you need to do? Rest. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I leave, I leave Sunday morning not knowing what to do. And several times I, I have studied and everything to do mm-hmm. when I got here. But I was just... Nope. Not what you're going to do. Yeah. Whenever you're down to nothing, you you know, God is always, always shows up. Yeah. Yeah. This is what you need to do. That's right. That's right. And Sunday night, Wednesday nights and everything, I that was the hardest time of my life. That span. Take care of the church. Yes, sir. Right. I did not know what to do. But thanks be to God. Amen. And I prepared Janice would help me and everything. 
I mean, uh, Sunday school, the, the, yeah. the message, the Sunday so. morning, Sunday night, and then Wednesday, the uh, Bible study. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's a, it was a job. Yes, sir. And it's like you say, you need the flow. You have to. You have to. You need to get away and get rest. I try. I'm not always successful at it, but I try a couple days a week, take a day off. And I try to unplug and just kind of relax. But it's, it's hard to be able to just, nope, I'm not going to reply to that. Nope, I'm not going to call them back. No, I mean, because it's, it's part of my life. And, but still, I try to because it's important for me. But you as a Christian, you've got to do the same. Because you've got to unplug and turn things off and spend time with God so that you can revive you know, some of the things that you deal with. That, I mean, you deal with physically, emotionally, spiritually, battles and trials and temptations and all those things you're experiencing. You have to draw that strength from the well. And if you're not going to that well, you're not unplugging from all that's going on and getting close to God to, to refill and to refuel and to revive, you've got to do that. I mean, it's good to do it on a daily basis, but you truly need to take that time so you don't get spiritually exhausted and get out of church because I've seen people do that. Go through spiritual burnout. I, I've seen it. But I'm, I'm going to, I truly believe one of the reasons what causes a lot of it is that we live our life and we serve God in the flesh and not in the spirit. Because why are you doing what you're doing? Because if you are truly uh, serving God for a pat on the back or serving God so someone will notice or right. serving God so all that takes place, that's the flesh. And when you're serving God for the flesh, you're not building that spirit. No. But when you serve God for the spirit and serve God for, for him and what he's done for you, that helps build your spirit. But if you don't do that and you serve it for the flesh, you're, it's just going to wear down that spirit yeah. and wear down your, your spiritual side. I'm not, I am no expert at all about that, but I've seen it. I've watched Christians get burned out and get out of church. Watched people that were pastors and assistant pastors just completely leave the ministry. And I really believe it's because they did not take the time to spiritually unplug and to get the refuel they needed. Well, I'm just going to pull my bootstraps up and go. I mean, you know. But... There is a time where you just pull your bootstraps up and go. Yeah. But there's also that time where you have to spiritually unplug and physically unplug and give your body physical rest. Gideon needed it. But Gideon pressed on until he got to the victory. But when he got to the victory, what happened? God gave him 40 years of peace because he pushed through some hard time. He pushed through the physical weakness and pushed through the physical, all the physicality that was going on with it, the no food and no, I mean, all through the night. I know that he had to be tired. 
I don't know about you. I've never, uh, I've never, I I know that, you know, uh, if you watch a movie or something that they have these big, long, drawn out fights and they punch each other and they're, and they're fighting forever. But from what I understand, a real fight doesn't really last super duper long because both guys are physically tired and pooped out by the time just a few punches are thrown. But can you imagine taking a heavy shield and a sword beside you and swinging it and going to swinging it and nonstop where you're fighting, where you're one to 50. Yeah. And before, there, when the first battle went on, when the, when the 300 were standing on the top of the valley, the Bible says that 120,000 of the Midianites died. And here he was swinging the sword, physically tired. Physically tired. Any thoughts? Any questions? Any Comments, man. You maybe something you've experienced that says, "Man, this helps me to to uh, to revive and kind of revitalize." And those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, and they will mount up like eagles. Yes, sir. That's right. They shall run and not get weary. That's right. That's right. I, I know, I know that's Richard there, brother Eddie. But you know, uh, through experience, okay, mine was short. But step in the shoes of the preacher. If you want experience, step in the shoes. <laughs> Take the responsibility. For the church, the people, step in the shoes of a preacher. My, in my experience, for four months or better, I wanted to give up. I couldn't do it. I told Jazz, I can't. Yeah, yeah, you can. If it would have been for her, I'd have, I'd have closed the doors of the church. Yeah. Ah. Probably, you know, I don't know. But I wanted to. Yeah. But I wanted to. Just, yeah. But, you know, a preacher mentally and spiritually is always looking in here to bring the food. But still in all, his physical health. He's, but look at you. I'm not saying something that you don't already know. You're busy going here, seeing about uh, taking people here, uh, doing this and that for the people of the church. That gets tired. But you can't say no. Right. So it's just not a spiritual right. drain on your, on, on, on your mind and on your body and everything. It's a physical because you're going <clears throat> a preacher's job to me is 24 7 right 365 days a year right because every time that phone rings that's right you're on the clock right even though your days it's your days off, right you're still on the clock right so your your, your physical 
train and everything comes from the work that is involved in what you do. Right. And it drains you. And that's why you need refreshing. Yeah. You need a break. Yes, sir. But people that haven't been in the, in the shoes of a preacher have no idea for a train what they go through. Right. It's a heavy load. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. It's a heavy load. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I told my preacher, Brother Will, one time, one Sunday morning, we'd have coffee every Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. I told him one Sunday morning, I said, Brother Will, I said, you're the best babysitter I've ever seen. <laughs> he said, what are you talking about? I said, don't you play dumb with me. I said, you know exactly what I'm talking about, Brother Will. I said, you're the best babysitter I've ever seen. <laughs> and he kind of grinned and laughed a little bit, but he knew exactly what I was talking about because every member of the church has got different personalities. Oh, yeah. And you got to babysit. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And that's a mental thing. It is. And physical. It is. It is. I know. It is. And that's, it is so important to have that withdrawal and that quiet time and that, yeah. I mean, so we, we do try our best to have family days where it's just, you know, spending time with the family. But, but you need to get your mind off of this. Right. And, uh, you know, the, right. That's it does, but, mm -hmm. you know, the, I mean, yeah, that's where, that's where you have to rely on the Lord, Lord's strength to take you through some of that stuff. Do no, you can't. I'm you, you can't. You'll you'll fail miserably. I know what I'm about. Um, uh, and I I was reading. I that was one of the verses I had written down was Isaiah 40 verse 31. The other one was um, Hebrews 11. Um, I must have looked at it wrong. Let's see here. Hebrews 11 verse 34. He says. Uh, quench the violence of the fire, escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness, we're made strong. Wax valiant in fight, turn to flight the armies of the aliens. Um, out of weakness was made strong. Who, who can do that for us? He can take our weakness. What is that? My grace is sufficient for thee. You know, he'll take our weakness and allow us to have, you'll uh, bring us up to where we can. That I, be, I personally believe, Trenton's opinion, that's what happened with Gideon. That he was physically gone, exhausted. He had fought, but he was still able to press through, able to press on, and pressed on against those 15,000 and was able to win because of God's strength. And you as a Christian, you can't live the Christian life without the Lord's strength because you face battles. Brother Black, you said it, that every person in, every person in this church, they're going through something different. I mean, you have people that have, that have family that has cancer, that have family that has death, and family that's dealing with this or dealing with this sickness and this illness and all kinds of different scenarios, different personalities, but every family in here is affected by something that they're going through personally.
And they've got to have the strength from who? Not the preacher, but from God. And this word, and that's where Gideon drew his strength from. And, you know, even though he was low in numbers, what did he have, 300? I mean, would you be ready to go against 15,000, press the issue against 15? No, no. And, and see, and today a lot of people equate numbers with uh, n- numbers don't validate. Numbers do not validate a cause. Well, there's a bunch of people. It must be right. That's not. That's not true. And, and this too, know this, lack of numbers uh, do not, I can't even read my own writing, need not. Look, I need to, let me read that again. Lack of numbers need not to stop the Lord's work. Well, where are they all at? Just because there's not a whole lot of us doesn't mean that God can't work and that God isn't working and that we ought to just quit. Wow, ain't nobody showing up. No, you're here. You know, let God work with who's here. A few in numbers does not necessarily mean that God cannot or should or that the work should stop. If, if that was the case, then Gideon should have packed it up and went to the house. I have 300 men versus 15,000. Let's go home. But he was able to have complete victory, even though his peop- even though the, the uh, Ephraimites, I don't even know if I said that, e- Ephraimites, they, they, uh, they criticized his work, criticized what went on. But he was able to have complete victory. Because of his constant seeking. If you seek long enough, what's going to happen? If you continue to do what God's called you to do, what's going to happen? You're going to get stronger. Exactly. You're going to do. If, if, if I'm doing what God wants me to do, is that enough? Is it enough for me to do what God wants me to do? In His strength, I'm asking God to help us. I'm asking God to do it with us. If I'm doing what God wants me to do, is that enough? Yes, it is. It is enough. It is enough. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. Well, you only have to please God. That's it. That's it. We get in in a huge mess when we want to try, try to please other people. And ultimately, we don't want to make people, I don't want to pe- make people mad and tick people off, but ultimately, I've got to please the Lord. All right. Any thoughts or questions? Just continue. Amen. Amen. Just continue to be steadfast. Just continue to be steadfast. And just like Gideon, just keep just trucking along. You know, sometimes you think that you're by yourself. You're not. You are not. And that's whenever you want to start a pity party. That's right. You know, you feel Poor like, me. Yeah. It's only me. Yeah. Was it Elijah or Elisha that had the pity party that said, man, it's just me out here serving God. There ain't no other preachers out here. But then there was like 700 other ones, you know, that... 
you know, it was it Elijah? I, see, I, oh, I can't ever get those two together. I can't ever remember which one's which. But it's not, we're not alone. You know, we're, as, you know, as we sing that song, we're the family of God. You know, we're, we're in this together. And uh, to please the Lord, to, to do His will. And you know, I think, sometimes I think about that Ezekiel, whenever God instructed to go preach to the bone. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine God telling you to go preach to the bone? Yeah, come on. What? Huh? What? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Bones came alive. That's right. That's right. Well, how many people? How many people got right and was was doing right because of Jeremiah's ministry? You know, you look, you do the study and read through Jeremiah's life. There wasn't a whole lot of a whole lot of people that followed him. He didn't have a whole lot of converts, but he gave his whole life to the Lord just because he knew that's what he needed to do. You know. Amen. Amen. If you're physically exhausted, unplug. Take some rest. Sleep and rest. Take your mind. One of the things I'm going to be done, but one of the things that I, I um, my mom sometimes has struggled with in, in the past of being able to sleep at night or something, and she would write scriptures um, beside her bed, and she would read those scriptures every night before she went to bed to refresh her mind and refresh what's going on right before she went to bed. Yeah, we have to unplug, get some rest. Amen. All right. Any questions or thoughts before we close? Midnight? Wow. <laughs> but that's why I got peace. Amen. Amen. I don't know why that happens and everything, but that's when it happens. I just, that's what I do and everything. And I study I'm teaching. I study my, my lesson and everything. I do some digging and all that. Uh, you know, but she had, how did you sleep last night? <laughs> With my eyes closed, right? But you know, one more comment, preacher, about you know, whenever you take a break, you know, from the ministry and everything, wherever you go, you still on doing the ministry because you you always run into some people that some prayers and stuff like that. Uh, you need to be talked to, you know. Yeah, you, Christian has no spare time. That's right. That's right. It's not like you are at a job and you can clock out and I'm done with being a Christian today. We'll we'll pick it back up tomorrow morning at eight o'clock. <laughs> no, it's not like that at all. Not at all. Not at all. That's right. It's been good Amen. I, I forgot preaching. Uh, yes, ma'am. Yeah. She has the oh my goodness. How old is she? Six. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we'll definitely be praying for Gwenny then. Okay. Okay. 
definitely be praying for her. Let's pray together. Lord, I love you. I thank you for tonight. I want to thank you for